The Exorcist received a prequel in 2004, but this was actually the second of two completed versions of the same film by different directors. Today we're going to discuss both Exorcist The Beginning and Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. I got nothing clever to say today. <laughs> that's not a today problem, Tim. That's a that's an everyday problem. <laughs> this is a horror movie podcast. We get together, we talk about a horror movie we watched. It's quite that simple. Although, this one's not actually as simple as that because wow. uh, we're doing kind of two movies today. Although... <gasps> They're, they're very, very heavily related. So we've been doing the Exorcist <laughs> franchise. We did the original, we did two, mm-hmm. we did three, and we're here now to do the prequel. But there's an asterisk here because there's two of them. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get into it in a second. I mean, obviously, we'll start spoiler-free mm-hmm. for the two of them and give some thoughts and comparisons and then uh, get into it. But uh, the... Yeah, so, so yeah, we'll start spoiler-free. Uh, the, the, so... Basically, the, the the gist of the history of this is that... Mm-hmm. The were, history, if you will. They were making a prequel to The Exorcist, and they hired... That sounds good so far. Paul Schrader to direct the film... America's There's, Sweetheart. Yeah, people might know him as the writer or taxi driver. Uh, mm-hmm. He, about five years ago, wrote and directed a movie called First Reformed. Also about a priest, funnily enough, which was very good. That was a solid mm-hmm. movie. So, so was Taxi Driver, obviously, but I assumed I didn't have to tell people that Taxi Driver was good because most people know that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so he, he directed this this movie, right, which ended up being mm. called Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. Mm. But the studio, once they saw that the, the, the rough cut, said, oh, we don't like this. This isn't exciting <laughs> enough. This is this is too dull. We, we need more action and whiz-bam and, you know, Hollywood shenanigans. <laughs> So they effectively hired Rennie Harling, the director of Die Hard 2 and Deep Blue Sea, to just remake the movie. And Nightmare on Elm Street 4, I believe. That, that is true, yes. Maybe that's more relevant, <laughs> being a horror podcast, I admit. Um, but he like effectively remade the movie, but with a different script. So it got rewritten as well. Mm-hmm. So we have this really unique case where it's not that there's just a slightly different cut of the movie. <laughs> it was made again and the version that came out in 2004 was the second version it was Exorcist the Beginning which is the one directed by Rennie Harling both versions star Stellan Skarsgård uh, there's a couple of small <laughs> roles that are in both but there's a lot of roles that are different in each mm-hmm. um, it doesn't I mean the the, 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 the theatrical released one the beginning doesn't use any footage almost of the original version I think there was maybe like one shot I noticed might have been reused but otherwise, it was completely was, reshot. Yeah, I, I was pretty surprised rewatching this because I had thought that, um, like to my recollection, I, I thought that it was like yeah, two different movies, but it was using like a lot of the same, you know, like actors and uh, you know, ideas and stuff, just you know, from two different directors kind of going yeah. about it. So, but you probably uh, but didn't then, watch them back to back last time you saw them, right? Uh, right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it was kind of surprising watching them. Uh, pretty close to each other and be like, no, these are two completely different things. Like, <laughs> it's it's kind of wild. So we'll get into all that stuff, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, so after the beginning came out and it was critically panned, right? We'll give our thoughts on it in a minute, but it was very much hated at the time by everyone. 
Uh, the following year, the studio decided to let Paul Schrader finish his version so they could put it out as like a like a home video. They, they could do like a two-disc special edition where you get both versions of the movie kind of thing. Um, so It's just a shame that, you know, Twitter wasn't around back then to get the, uh, <laughs> the Schrader bros really riled up. Yeah, the Schrader cut. Uh, so so they released that version although there are some caveats um, like they didn't give him much money to finish post-production so they, they mm. couldn't ADR any of the lines of dialogue um, mm. the visual effects that were kind of there are presumably just this unfinished really bad CG that you know was supposed mm. to have more work done to them but they just didn't have the money to do any more to it uh, luckily yeah, they did actually make him perform a real exorcism which was kind of weird, but yeah, very funny, very funny. Uh, <laughs> they weren't given money to like hire a composer, so, but there's kind of a score, but it's from like multiple sources. Like some of it's from the composer from the Twin Peaks stuff, uh, <laughs> and then there's like a band to do some of the stuff towards the end of the movie, and it's kind of like a hodgepodge of like things. They had to reuse some of the score from the theatrical m- movie that obviously the, mm-hmm. this director wanted nothing to do with. So <laughs> that that's the backstory of this. There was a movie made, the studio didn't want it. They hired a new director to completely remake it from scratch, mm-hmm. and that's the version that came out. It was hated. They gave the original director the money to at least finish editing the original mm-hmm. film, but not much else to do anything else with it, and then release that as kind of like a home, you know, home video <laughs> release a year later. You know the, you know, like the crazy thing about this is, is like, I I can see like something. <laughs> like this happening with, you know, for example, Justice League, because that is a huge thing and comic book movies make so much money. And that's like, you know, billion dollar characters and franchises and people are so up in arms about the different cuts and all that crap that, you know, it's kind of understandable why, you know, that gets like the two different versions. This like, did anyone care about a prequel to The Exorcist? <laughs> Like, well, like, was anyone really beating the drums for like, oh, like, oh man, I can't, you know, this is a story that has been waiting to be told. Like, well, I think there's a few factors you have to look at it. I think mm. you have to remember this is a time when releasing like special edition DVDs and stuff was a big deal, right? And had a, that's and true. They that's sold true. a lot of copies. And I think the other thing you have to look <sighs> I miss at those times. You have to look at is that at this time. I presume that to to just kind of get a reasonably finished version of that original film Mm -hmm. probably cost a lot less than putting the Snyder Cut together with all of its effects with a cost, right? So it would have been a much cheaper thing to do. And I think Mm -hmm. the third thing you probably have to consider is that because everyone hated the beginning, this was their way to sell the DVD a year later. This was like, oh, you buy it, you get the other version, which you think might be really good. You think, oh, this one that the studio said no to. It's just, you know, it's not even, it's the it, sort of thing that normally, like, I, I, you'd expect like 20 years to pass, 30 years, and be like, oh, this lost mm-hmm. cut or this lost edit of a film that fans have been wanting for decades has finally been uncovered. But it's not, mm-hmm. it's a year later, and, it, you know, it was, <laughs> it was still pretty fresh. <laughs> but I, I can see that being the idea is that we're going to put out, like, a, a version with both. I, I mean, I think they released it on its own as well. I think you could buy them individually, but I, I assume that that was part of the, if not just a two-pack, I suspect that there was an Exorcist box set with all five movies, and that was like, hey, we'll make you well, rebuy the first movie again because you'll get this fifth secret yeah. movie that was made and discarded. Well, I mean, uh, obviously it, it, it would have been released much you know later, but I have the Blu-ray set for Exorcist, and yeah, it does come with like two separate discs for you know, each one. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, in fact, that was, that was, that was, 
that was probably the main thing actually it was it was probably less that there was just a two disc version with uh beginning it was probably more a way to resell the entire franchise again because you get this fifth secret movie along with it <laughs> now because that's what they used to always do they used to always do new box sets of like franchises that they'd already done <laughs> but they'd have that one new extra that one new cut of just one of the movies so that the super fans would just be like shit i have to buy this now because <laughs> yeah, I, I need i need all of it <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, what I thought was kind of interesting uh, is that uh, for the beginning, I did have to bust out my Blu-ray sets uh, to watch it uh, mm. that way. But then uh, Dominion was like streaming everywhere. It was on like Peacock and Tubi. It was like oh, you couldn't get away from Dominion. <laughs> that, that is actually really weird and kind of interesting. And it's probably not a choice. It's probably more just like a, a coincidence than it is like a, a like an actual choice to be like, oh, let's push this one more now. Because I don't think Warner Brothers yeah. or anyone involved gives a shit about pushing either of them. Uh, yeah. Like you know, it's not like Dominion came out and it was like heralded as this like, oh my god, they made a huge blunder and this was a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it kind of came out and got mixed reviews, better than beginning, but still pretty, you know, middling at best. So yeah, no one's got fond memories of either of these. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd never seen them though. This was the first time I watched both of them. So this was interesting. This was, uh, yeah. well, because the the reviews were so bad at the time, I had no interest in seeing them. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, even at the time, though, I, well, I would say, like, in this 2000s period, I was pretty much watching everything between, like, you know, just being someone who liked to go to the movies and then also working at a blockbuster and just, you know, having, like, every new movie to rent, like, you know, every weekend that um, I feel like there was, like, not many uh things that i especially like horror wise not a lot that i missed during this time period yeah i think i just didn't again like what you said like who cares about an exorcist prequel like i just didn't see the point mm-hmm. it felt like it, and this was before we were sick of like legacy sequels and requels yeah. and all these things that we're sick of now this was before all that and i still kind of looked at this and went like what, what's <laughs> the point of this like i, I don't like, because at the time as well, I think I'd only seen Exorcist 2 as far as the sequels were going. So in my, my, in my head, I was like, <laughs> everything related to this that isn't the yeah. first movie is completely pointless. Like, why why are we doing any of it? Um, Obviously, 3 is pretty good, and you know, the TV show was, was pretty surprisingly solid. So th- there are good examples of, like, non-Exorcist 1 Exorcist stuff. But, For sure, yeah. Uh, you know, um, there's definitely more bad than good, I would say. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that said, that said, so, like, so that, that's the the weird like backstory to mm-hmm. to this so we'll discuss what the actual differences are in a, in a minute uh, we'll do a little mm-hmm. bit of that in spoiler free then probably get into it heavily in spoilers but uh the basic gist of the movies and th- this is again the interesting thing about comparing them is that the broad strokes are kind of there it's not like when they went to write the new version for Rennie harling to direct mm-hmm. it's not like they completely threw all the concepts they just sort of like reshaped some things took some characters mm-hmm. out like they're still unearthing this old church in the desert that you know it's kind of older than it should be and it's probably got mm-hmm. something related to do with the demon and all that like th- that bare bones is still there the mm-hmm. idea that Stellan Skarsgård playing Father Merrin like a young version of Father Merrin from the first movie is is lost his faith because of what he went through during uh, mm-hmm. World War Two and you know a little bit before that you know basically because during the Nazis and mm-hmm. Those bare bones are in both versions, but what's so fascinating about it is, and this is like a very unique opportunity to just see how 
a different version of the script and a different director drastically changes just mm. how certain scenes play out and like where they play out in the movie mm. and like how they're presented like it is kind of fascinating from that perspective so i'll just yeah. be upfront with this mm. exodus at the beginning is boring trash i was so <laughs> like i was i was ready to pass out i was struggling to pay attention and dominion's mm. not a good movie it's not even that much better really but it is better mm. than the beginning mm. and i think like right from the opening scene that's all which is a direct different version of a scene that's in the beginning i went mm. this is definitely better directly than the beginning is like it's definitely has a bit more build to it the, overall the movie doesn't feel that way though i'd say that the most the movie does kind of feel like a dull drama a lot, a lot yeah. of the time so i get For why sure. the studio didn't like it the more hollywoodized thing they got instead though is even worse but <laughs> you know that's <laughs> you know we'll, we'll get into all the specifics but uh well, how do you feel about uh beginning in dominion uh so the I, I think i've seen these twice before like once when they both came out and then mm. i think at some point like i did like you know for october like an exorcist like rewatch or whatever but i really had no memory uh of these because i probably the last time i watched it like you were saying the kind of dull that i w wasn't paying that much attention um so i i did have a vague memory of like maybe kind of liking these when they first came out and like i don't know if it was just i don't know like maybe i was like trying to be contrarian in my younger days when everyone's like saying they suck. And I'm like, no, actually there's like some interesting ideas here or whatever, but, uh, yeah, watching them now. No, they, I, I think they totally suck. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll agree with you though. Like, I, I feel like the, yeah, the, the Rennie Harlan one, like is, you know, uh, I would say the weaker one. Um, the, the there's like some cheesy stuff at the end that I actually kind of like don't mind. Like when, kind of like i don't know like there's this like final battle in a cave that i'm like this is dumb and cheesy but at least i don't know stuff is kind of happening and it's a little more exciting to watch um but uh, yeah they just <clears throat> uh i mean first of all there's really no need to do like you know a prequel to the exorcist uh oh not at all you know, mm -hmm. uh especially something that's like so like wildly out of tone like you know this feels like you know i i guess it's kind of in one place but it does feel like a globe trotting like indiana jones kind of movie where you know like archaeologists like you know digging for artifacts and uh all, all this stuff like which is not the tone really <laughs> like you kind of want for a, an exorcist movie um which i mean I, I say that but i guess the third one is kind of a different tone but and that one worked really well but whatever um it also just kind of reeks of like you know uh early mid 2000s which i don't think was like the greatest point <laughs> for filmmaking um no, certainly not horror uh yeah i would say well american horror asian horror was doing great at this time but oh yeah american <laughs> horror not as much yeah and you can see like especially in the beginning like you know a lot of those like bad tropes from the time like bad cgi bad scare jump scares uh Oh, yeah, yeah, in the beginning, the Rennie Harlan version, like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. There's, there's some abysmal CG, and it doesn't have the benefit <laughs> of the other version where there's a little bit of bad CG, but at least it's like, okay, I know this is unfinished, though, because they didn't have the mm -hmm. money to finish it. Like, there's mm -hmm. some CG, like, just, like, landscapes at the start of the Rennie Harlan <laughs> one that, it, like, I, I was gobsmacked at, and then 
that was nothing compared to when the the hyenas showed up. Yes. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit! These oh, CG God. hyenas. <laughs> I was. I feel embarrassed watching this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which, uh, which kind of sucks because I, I do like the idea of the hyenas. Like I like, uh, whenever you're dealing with movies about like possessed people or like evil little kids, uh, I always like when they have kind of like, um, like either like control over animals or like animal protectors and stuff. So the, uh, there was some, like the idea of some hyenas stuff could have been cool, but yeah, it's not worth it to have just that horrible dog shit CGI. Um, and you know, the other thing is kind of funny too, is like, I kept thinking, like, all right, well, one of these is going to be, like, the more, like, streamlined, kind of cleaned up version, so it'll probably be shorter, like, so hopefully at least one of these will be, like, 90 minutes or, or something. Oh, but no. They're both, like, two hours. <laughs> yeah, I I, my, my, I died a little inside. When I started the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, basically two full hours. And, <laughs> like, a minute into it, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to check the other one. I want to see how long the Dominion, the Dominion is. And I was like, oh, shit, it's basically the same length. Are you kidding me? I need to watch four hours of this crap today. Uh, yeah, which is actually one of the the questions I had before I started is I was I was debating which order to watch them in because part of me was like, yeah, do I watch Dominion first because that was made first, or do I do the experience of what it was like to actually watch them coming out because beginning came out, and that's what I decided in the end was that I'll do that one first and then get the hopefully slightly better one uh, second. Mm-hmm. Which again, yeah. like I think there's like I think the opening scene in this the the Schrader version and and Dominion is 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 a solid opening scene and it's it's definitely better than the kind of the quick snippets you get of his backstory and the Rennie Harlan version. Oh right 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 yeah because uh, yeah it's kind of funny how that was that was a much bigger deal in the uh, yeah the other version yeah uh yeah obviously there's some characters there's a lot of characters who have like counterparts in the other movie but they don't necessarily but they don't all have counterparts so there's, you know, there's, for example there's a a young disabled man in schrader's version in dominion which is not in Rennie harlan's version and he's a pretty big prominent part in in dominion oh yeah uh, it's like a main character pretty much yeah there's a there's a, a british major who's in both versions but he like comes like he's there at the start in both but he comes into the story at very different times later on mm. in the film in both versions and in dominion he's got like a second in command uh you know a captain or whatever the other guy's rank is who kind of also becomes a big character in the back half of the movie uh so there's there, there's differences there's like a sleazy like guy who runs the dig site in the first movie mm-hmm. in uh, the beginning i should say who's not in Dominion at all. Uh, mm. There's um, just one, one big difference with uh, Skarsgård himself, uh, Father Marin, is that in the beginning, he's like basically forced to go to this dig site and it's already started without him. And he's mm. kind of like brought in because there might be some religious artifacts there. And Dominion, when we meet him, he's already, he's, he's the one who started the digging and he's like, he's mm. been taken away from it to be asked about it and then he's going back to it. So it, there's like all just you know there's these different dynamics for the characters. What one of the big things that I would say really sticks out to me is just like when I say that the beginning's more Hollywood and more sort of like whiz bang. It's not just that there's more like over the top horror scenes. It's that so in both movies, Father Merrin's thing, much like in the original Exorcist, he's got a bit of a crisis of faith where he's because of what happened with the Nazis, because of what he saw and what he had to do to survive, he's given up his faith. He's lost his faith in God right 
and in the beginning they it's have kinda like uh you know the i believe it's is it spider-man 50 where he you know th- throws his uh <laughs> spider-man costume in the trash and walks away says i'll be spider-man no more there's there's actually a deleted scene where he throws his priest robes into a trash can and just uh-huh. starts walking away saying i don't believe in god anymore exorcist no more <laughs> oh technically it wasn't an exorcist before this this is how he becomes an exorcist he was just a priest before mm. yeah yeah anyway all right so in the beginning he <laughs> like it said repeatedly like it like it's it, that he's not a priest anymore. Like they have to point mm. it out in the dialogue like a hundred times, I felt like, in the first like 20 minutes of the movie, where they, he keeps like saying, oh, uh, Father Mare is... No, it's just Mr. Mare. And there's constant mm. dialogue like sort of telling you. Whereas in the Paul Schrader version, Dominion, um, it just kind of like presents him and you just kind of get it. And he does eventually talk about it mm. when he's like opening up to someone, but that happens like 25 minutes in. Like mm. you could really tell in the, uh, the, the, the Hollywood version if you will in the beginning mm-hmm. that he really has to, like they have to beat you over the head with it in the script whereas in the mm-hmm. dominion film it's it's allowed to just sort of be there as almost i won't even say subtext but it's just you know it's allowed to sit there and let the audience kind of just sort of like realize it before they eventually bring it up and talk about it mm-hmm. yeah just i think yeah i i think because like in the more hollywood version they probably want you to think that like he can have sex if he wants <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, just to remind you, like, hey, you know, he might. Some priests can have sex. Not all of them aren't allowed to. <laughs> I didn't realize you're such an expert. Um, <laughs> but yeah, especially with his, uh, you know, the the nurse or, or whoever they he seems to be quite chumly with. You know, you want you want the audience to believe that you know these two could bang <laughs> at any moment. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, is always a good barometer for any movie. I missed all that, but I'll assume whatever you said was gold. <laughs> I was just talking about how, you know, they want the audience to believe that him and that nurse can bang at any moment. Oh, yeah, we have very different nurses on, in both movies. <laughs> uh, and their stories go in well the different places, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, is more spoiler territory than it isn't. So but, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that yeah. for now. But and Don't worry, we will rank them by attractiveness. Just let us get there. <laughs> Uh, Tim does not speak for the show or <laughs> myself or male fuzz movies uh, as, a, as an entity. Uh, just let that be known. Oh, there is actually something to mention here on their physical mm. appearance. Just in the sense that um, it does kind of feel like when they were casting the new version of the character for the more Hollywood mm. version, they want... Because they, 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 they literally cast a Bond girl. Because uh, I looked her up and she was in, like, GoldenEye, I think. Um, oh. So, but the in, video game or... The movie, Tim. Okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you really think the N64 game that had blocky pixels had like a, a proper actress doing mocap in a performance? It could have. I don't know. <laughs> but she, you know, it, it does kind of feel like, oh, we want someone who's a bit more of like a traditional Hollywood blonde. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, she's, a, don't get me wrong. She, like, obviously she's a bit more age appropriate for Skarsgård's character. So, Mm. She, you know, she's slightly older than what you'd maybe get in like another type of movie but it does kind mm. of feel like they, they went from like a a sort of more refined character to like oh we want some we want to, we want to be sexier so so yeah. like i'm not <laughs> saying she's necessarily more attractive like this this is not my opinion but i, I can sort of see the, the hollywood cynicism mm. at play of like now get as a blonde uh for, <laughs> for, for, for the 
the second version. <laughs> we like we want the audience to want to possess her as much as Pazuzu does. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's really weird. Like as soon as I started watching the second movie, I was kind of like. You know, this is kind of interesting comparing them now. Admittedly, that feeling of being interested did kind of go away after about 20 minutes when like, I was like, okay, I've got another hour and 40 <laughs> minutes of this and like, I, I'm not that interested that I want to watch a, a different version of the same movie that I just watched again, but... Are you are you happier or sadder that we were doing it as one episode or would, do you think it would have been nicer to have two episodes? No, I think this is better. I think... <laughs> Because they're so comparable, I feel like the second yeah. episode would just be us comparing, and which arguably right, is what yeah. we're going to mostly do in this anyway. But at least we're not like being forced to have like a, a conversation about the beginning on its own, where we have to try and mm -hmm. uh, like this is going to be a slightly different conversation than normal. It's a slightly different review, just because of the, the, oh, the nature oh. of what this is. Oh, cheeky! <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a cheeky uh, comparison. Yeah. episode <laughs> I don't know uh, it, mm, <laughs> yeah so there's like a young what did you have for lunch today <laughs> uh <laughs> I can't remember uh, <laughs> okay it wasn't supposed to be a hard question but <laughs> I don't remember I had flakes for breakfast <laughs> brown flakes Brown flakes. Browns. <laughs> Not brown Shut up. Nothing to do with the boy. You know, it's funny, uh, if I may tangent for a second. Uh, there's uh, on the, the little corner of the table where I sit, where I uh, do my work because I work from home. Um, I, I always hear this like scratching in the walls and we have uh, we have some pest control uh, come by uh, every so often to you know, like check under the house and stuff. Uh, and the so we had a guy come and you know they did his check-in stuff and then he left and then like, as soon as he le left i started hearing the scratching again <laughs> i just started thinking like i wonder if i have a boy in my walls i'm just imagining you sitting at the edge of like the 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 dining table with your laptop <laughs> just sort of hunched up in the corner you're not allowed to like interact with like the way for the kid just, just... <laughs> also why are you working anywhere else you've got an office <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're literally sitting in your office with a desk. Why aren't you working in here? It's just a lot of cat hair and <laughs> cats. <laughs> oh, one would think having an office in your home would give you there'd be a place for peace and quiet to get on with work. Uh, one would think that. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's pretty much been taken over by the cats. It's just as just litter everywhere it smells hair just <laughs> wafting in the wind oh it's good to get a, a, a nice sense of what you're you're smelling and feeling every time we record a podcast you're just like oh, oh yeah this is the aura that you associate with oh it. yeah no it's torture in many different ways but it's essentially uh my penance like you know i'm like the uh that albino guy from uh uh da vinci code like this is how i you know uh what do you what do you call it? Self uh, flagellate <laughs> or whatever. Uh, let's quickly move on from that statement. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I, I will say on the visual style of the movies, obviously they're even different aspect ratios. Uh, oh, you know the uh, the the Ready Harley ones, the the wider, you know, more cinematic. Uh, one of the interesting details I noticed uh, when I was reading up on the, the the production is that when they did the Dominion cut, right when they when they went into like finished that version, uh, they weren't allowed to get the cinematographer back to color grade the film. So the director and the editor just had to sort of kind of wing it and do it themselves. And mm-hmm. I think looking at the movie, you can kind of tell uh, in a way, because mm-hmm. not that it should have looked like the other version, but it definitely looks a bit more like a, like a low-key drama most of the time. Sure. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it looks a bit more... I, I don't want to say made for TV. That's a, maybe a bit harsh, because it, it feels bigger than that production-wise, but mm-hmm. the, just the, the, the visual look to the film does feel a bit more understated. Whereas when you watch the Rennie Harlan one, um, there's a lot more sort of dramatic lighting. There's a lot more shadows. Like it feels, it does feel color timed. It feels like a lot of work went in post production to giving it a look. Um, so, you know, and not all of that's necessarily a good thing. Like you know, the the cheesy like CG flashbacks at the start and <laughs> things like that are obviously a little like shit. But um, you can kind of tell there's more polish on that version. Um, mm even though otherwise it is definitely the worst version in just about every way. Uh, that is the one maybe thing that you could say just on an objective level is better about it, is that it did clearly get more time in post to actually uh, mm-hmm. you know, do, do what every other movie does in post, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the footage on Dominion feels a bit more kind of raw, I suppose. It's, it's a bit more just like, okay, this is all we can do is put it together and that's about it. Yeah. As good as it gets. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else spoiler free wise you want to bring up? Uh, I I did think both movies probably would have been better in 3D just to really get that sense of you know the terror coming right at you. Um, but I guess it's fine to watch it in 2D. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I have to deal with a cat and I come back to you saying it's fine to watch it in 2D. What, what the hell are you on about? I was just talking about you know, how probably will have been a little better in 3D. Let's move right on from that comment. Uh, <laughs> that's my new catchphrase. You know, it's that, that's the second time I've dropped that today. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll give spoilers for both movies then. So that's Exorcist the Beginning and Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. Uh <laughs> very different things one is the beginning of the exorcist series the other is a prequel to it so <laughs> yeah i mean obviously exorcist at the beginning is a very generic title for a prequel you know it's just mm-hmm. the title plus the beginning um dominion that owns a better title i feel like adding the subtitle of a prequel to the exorcist yeah. kind of robs it of any <laughs> class that it may have otherwise had agreed but you know whatever this this where we are um yeah, I don't know. Like, I I feel like yeah, like the discussion of this is going to be more about comparing the differences between the two than it is mm. about like going through each one kind of on its own. And I think part of that as well is just to save us from like, because much like watching the Honestly, movies, back I don't to... give a shit about the story. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think it's very good. <laughs> that's fair. Well, let's talk about one of the big things that happens in the beginning that was was laughably bad. Other than the CGI mm. hyenas, uh, which mm. showed up a few times. Um, <laughs> is the twist of who the possessed person is, because you don't really know there's a possessed mm-hmm. person uh, for most of the movie, kind of. But mm-hmm. there's a twist 
in Act 3 that the nurse that he's been kind of flirting with and be getting close to has been possessed this whole time. Um, but not only has she been possessed this whole time, that she was actually married to the SS officer that uh, murdered people in front of him <laughs> in his backstory. Yeah. <laughs> this was so eye-rolling. Uh, like, it, just the connection to his backstory was like, painful to super forced to, yeah because yeah, that's not in the other version the, the minion doesn't have any of that like connective crap it has the backstory with the ss officer but it's uh otherwise like the re- all the connections to it and he's present there are, are, are completely different and i'll and i'll be honest i did kind of find that like a little backstory snippet kind of interesting um but yeah definitely more in dominion <laughs> than beginning like yeah the beginning it, it feels like this you know, not much point that it's just like you know yeah, like very quickly, um, a thing or whatever, and then then, uh, but Dominion actually, I don't know, felt like it had more like resonance, and I guess maybe because it kind of fleshed it out, and uh, yeah, there's no dumb bullshit like <laughs> trying to tie it all together. Well, there's a scene in the beginning where he's like remembering snippets of it, and we're seeing parts of it, and he starts to just sort of like wrecking the room, thinking about it, and it's really over the top and like overly dramatic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the backstory is is that well, he was a priest in presumably Holland because uh, that's where he's from, uh, where the Nazis were there and he was... Basically, the, the SS officer was really cruel and forced him to pick the 10 people that they were going to kill. And this is kind of the event that made him lose faith in God, is that you know, this horrific tragedy he went through. Mm-hmm. And he connects with the nurse character because she uh, is a survivor from the Holocaust. She's got, like, a, a number on her arm that she, he sees early on. And that's in both versions. Like, in both versions, they ha- she has kind of that element to her backstory. Uh, it varies wildly beyond that, though. Um, <laughs> so in the beginning, like, we see flashes of this SS officer a few times, and then the big twist is that, she, you know, she mentioned earlier on that she came here with her husband, but her husband went mad after they got close to this church because it's got <coughs> evil in it and it spreads, because that's the whole premise of the movie and he died and the big twist is that her husband was the ss officer that forced <laughs> father Merrin to do this uh years ago and what are the odds <laughs> though but so that's that's terrible for a start because it's just such a forced connection the other problem with this that really bugged me is that the twist here is that she's been possessed the entire time since her her, her husband died meaning that <laughs> she's been around this camp with all these locals for years However, as far as the movie tells us, nothing bad has really happened recently. Obviously, the dimension stuff happened like 50 years ago when, you know, stuff was coming from the church. But nothing bad's happened recently until they started digging again. So what was Pazuzu just hanging out in this nurse and just chilling for, for, great question. for years and then just decided <laughs> to go all exorcist on us? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like... Because that's the thing. See, when they reveal that she's possessed, she goes full Linda Blair, like, you know, makeup and starts talking like the the first movie. Yeah, that was another thing that I thought, like, was... I mean, I I understand, like, the Hollywood thinking behind it where it's like, oh, no, like, it has to look and sound like, you know, Linda Blair from the original, but it's like, no, it doesn't. Like, you know, it's a completely different person that's possessed. Like, you know, they... it You know, it's... I, even if it's like the same demon or whatever it's like it's okay to, that it doesn't have to like look and sound exactly the same but yeah they obviously are very consciously trying to like evoke that imagery and stuff from the first movie and that's before you even get to like the awful cg of her like 
doing gymnastics off of, <laughs> off of the cross and then like when father Merrin is doing the exorcism in the caves beneath the church mm. uh she's like floating towards them and sometimes it's a cg model of her and not her <laughs> depending if it's a close-up or not uh and it just everything about it is goofy and silly and it, you, know, you can't I, take any of it seriously <laughs> see i i liked all this stuff like not not in a serious way but like it was at least entertaining to me in like a so dumb it's kind of stupid in a way that I'm like. Well, no, do, right, I, well, do, do I know why you kind of like this, Tim? Because this was veering more into Evil Dead. This was veering and, more oh, to totally, Dead 100%. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, it does feel more Dead Eye than like a ex- possessed exorcism person. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, Dead Eye's just all possessed people, but. Right. You know, right. But a very different style to what the exorcist portrays them as. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know yeah i was definitely getting getting vibes of that because even even when like she's on top of him saying what well, don't you want to af me anymore father Marin?" i'm like this sounds like a deadite even i mean don't get <laughs> yeah. me wrong yes linda blair did say raunchy things she did <laughs> but the way she was kind of like straddling him just made me think a lot more like a deadite in evil dead but then sure. you've also got the the thing where she's like doing like weird gymnastics and it's like a cg character <laughs> doing them and it looks horrendous. Uh, <laughs> like all, all of this was like, but so this entire so like, attack of the clones has already come out. So we all had like Yoda fever. Like we loved anything <laughs> where like a little guy in a cave was jumping around. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I I can't even tell you the like how much this this third act was like, <laughs> just painful to experience. It was terrible. Um, I think it was th- this was the one that where like she's running down that like long tunnel while he's like yeah. saying the exorcism and stuff like that. I actually kind of like the visual of that. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. I love how in both movies, like he, like he, he whips out the Bible and oh, to be fair, it's only, <laughs> it's only in dominion. He puts the clothes on and, uh, the beginning, he just kind of picks up the Bible after the younger priest dies and kind of like baptizes himself quickly. And is like, okay, forgive me father for, you know, growing pissed, you know skeptical like i i need your strength now blah 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 you know he, he goes and does his thing uh whereas in dominion there's actually the scene like a superhero movie where he pulls out or, or actually even better <laughs> like a detective movie where he pulls out the badging gun and he's like all right one more time kind of thing um so the plot in dominion with like who's possessed is completely different it's the uh the young disabled man uh chechi i want to say his name was um yeah. who like miraculously gets better uh but obviously it's kind of hinting that oh, it's because he's possessed and sure enough he does start to act more possessed and eventually starts acting out and uh it's him that obviously has to be exercised at the end of the movie uh in dominion the nurse character does not be revealed to be a possessed and she is never <laughs> evil she she is just like a, a supporting character yeah, and she definitely more of a supporting character versus like the nurse in the uh, the beginning, which felt like you know, like the second lead almost. Like, yeah, the mm. nurse in uh, Dominion really didn't have much to do. It does still hint at a romance or an attraction in Dominion, but mm. in beginning, they straight up like make out <laughs> in one yeah. scene. <laughs> so it's like okay, okay, uh, yeah. So so very different between the two. Um, there is like a period. It's just so funny to like think of like the WB execs like watching Dominion as being like, why is this Exorcist prequel not sexy enough? Like, let's like. 
Uh, he's still in Skarsgård and uh, Exorcist prequels. Why? I'm looking for my sexy times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is like a period in the middle of Dominion where Chechi does look a little Linda Blair-esque in the makeup, but by the time we get to the mm-hmm. third act, he kind of like, they go for something different where he's like completely bald and completely clean-shaven and yeah. uh, there's a very different look to him than, than any of the Exorcist victims, if you will, in the, the previous yeah. movies. This stuff is interesting. I, you know, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say there's much about like either of these movies that I love or anything, but I, like, I, again, like this kind of stuff in Dominion is where I start to perk up a little bit and get uh, like, okay, let's see where this is going. I mean, I don't really like it, particularly the more it goes on. I didn't really like Dominion that much either, but I, I think mm-hmm. at least with Dominion, it feels like a noble failure and that it felt like someone ha- sure. like, was trying to make a movie and I don't think it really works, but it does feel like someone trying to make something, whereas the Rennie Harlan one feels like a studio came in and let's let's do something more generic and more, you know, spooky scenes. Like, I mean, the beginning literally has that trope that I hate where someone has a nightmare and then they'll wake up for it and it's a jump scare, you know? Yeah. Uh, we have that moment there. There is there is a dream sequence in Dominion, but it's very different. It's, like a, it's almost like a David Lynch scene where, uh, like... And they don't even really sort of show anyone waking up, so you just kind of get that it's a dream and just kind of like assume it is. But it's, it's like there's a scene where it's like there's like a clock floating, uh, and mm-hmm. just like in a, in a room somewhere, and then like there's like a bandage man. You presume it's Father Merrin bandaged mm-hmm. up, but he's kind of like just sort of like crouched down and swaying. Um, and then you see like the face of Pazuzu, which is taken. You know, it's very similar to the quick flashes of him in the original Exorcist, uh, the face with sort of the white paint on it um so like again very different things and it it did feel like it was trying to do something with dominion although i think Mm. that was the last time i was really kind of like interested or entertained by dominion i think after that point it just kind of became kind of dull uh uh, we kind of have to talk about how it deals with uh the locals i would say that between the two the beginning felt more (laughs) racist to me but i mean for sure (laughs) (laughs) you could your your, uh, opinion may vary on that i suppose yeah i mean watching them uh, i mean yeah i would say definitely beginning was a little bit more problematic (laughs) of the two um but yeah there's like a lot of stuff that felt like very like yeah is this as culturally sensitive as it should be in, in both movies and don't get me wrong I'm, I'm sure there's probably problems in dominion as well uh yeah, to yeah. This extent, but it was definitely worse than beginning there was, there was no doubt in mm-hmm. my mind um because don't get me wrong there's characters in dominion some of the british army are calling them savages and and you know other things and but it always comes across as the movie saying these characters are in the wrong for thinking this way this is them being unsympathetic and stellan skarsgård mm-hmm. certainly doesn't feel like he agrees with them so mm-hmm. there's there's kind of that and at least in dominion uh like the army come in much earlier into the the local like main part of the, the where the movie set and the where the, the buried church is and very early on like two british soldiers get killed and what what it seems like it happened we don't, we don't get to see a lot of it but what it seems like it happened is they go into the church to try and steal any valuables and the demon or whatever has made them go crazy and kill each other so they find their bodies all sort of like on display like a big ritual killing and the army thinks that it's the locals, the natives that have done this. So they grow really distrusting of them. And it's kind of this idea that Pazuzu or the demon are kind of like like making everyone a little crazy and they're all getting more high strong and they're giving them reasons to hate each other and things like that. 
And so there's kind of this inciting incident which kind of explains why the the, the major starts to go a bit more kind of like bigoted and racist and like paranoid. And it actually makes sense when he feels, because he, he kills like a random woman from the, the locals like halfway through. And soon after, there's a scene where he kills himself because he can't live with it. Because he's kind of like, you know, mm. some of his real empathy is coming in. Uh, and we see that, like, before the death of the two soldiers, he actually like, gives some of his men into trouble for using racial slurs. <laughs> but then he does this, and then afterwards he kills himself. So it kind of makes some sense that when he does kill himself. In the beginning, the army came in much later. Um, it's actually the very we'll talk about who he, this guy is in a minute but there's this like really kind of pervy drunk guy who's like running the oh, deck yeah. uh, in the beginning who's not in dominion and it's him that shows up dead on display but it's solely into the movie and it's like like it, the, the like why the the army like are so mad and like are determined to like sort of like have a reason to wipe out the local quote-unquote savages after it out of revenge doesn't feel anywhere nearly as like earned mm-hmm. it feels very forced in the beginning um but the major still commits suicide and i don't understand why like see when i was watching the beginning <laughs> like this scene came out of nowhere the only thing i could have assumed in the scene is that because he just sort of takes a gun and puts it in his mouth and kills himself is that uh, yeah the demon kind of is making people do crazy stuff again but it like i don't like nothing in the exorcist like flat out I just made other people do like things this extreme. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I certainly don't remember anything like that. So he just comes out of nowhere and it feels like a shock value moment. Whereas in Dominion, it's not a great story, but at least, you know, he seems to be more sympathetic early on. He then, mm. some of his own men are killed and that kind of like prods him and makes him a bit crazy and he kills an innocent person, which kind of neatly thematically ties into like Father Merrin's backstory where he was forced to pick people for the Nazis to shoot. Oh, sure. You know, so yeah. there's, there's, there's there's like a bit of a through line and it kind of makes a bit more sense. In, in the Rennie Harlan version, it, it just kind of, <laughs> he comes in, he comes back into the story way later, um, reacts heavily to a character that we didn't even really know that he was aware of beyond just he existed and then kills himself. It just, it feels really forced. Yeah. Um, it's like of all the things that they kept from like Paul Trader's version it's like oh well yeah we gotta keep the suicide scene in like yeah 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 because uh, in both versions the natives are like kind of upset and think evil's spreading and obviously like the the white people like just assume they're being superstitious and sort of look down upon them and stuff like that Um, but it, it definitely felt like there was a lot more problematic scenes in the beginning i would sure. say uh, and it certainly ends with more bloodshed as well because in, in the uh in the beginning the the british army and the natives kill each other like they all die at the end mm-hmm. uh stellan skarsgård comes out of the cave with the with the young boy that he was because I, I think you're, you're led to believe that the young boy may be possessed we'll not even we'll talk about the who the young boy is in a minute we'll not even mention mm-hmm. that part of the plot but <laughs> At the end of the movie, when he's done exercising the, the the nurse, and she dies after that, he comes out the and like the the thing's been reburied the the church, and like everyone's dead. It's been a massacre, uh, and it's like he's the only one left. So they went for this bombastic ending, whereas in Dominion, when he's doing the exorcism, we see that people are almost doing bad things on the outside. Like you know, they're they're getting ready to fight each other. The nurse who's on the outside at this in this version of the movie is going to kill herself. 
Like we see that all these things are about to happen outside, but because he's able to exercise uh, Chechi and Dominion, it stops all these bad things from happening. So it's a happier ending, and he actually kind of like helps everyone by, you know, k- kind of becoming a hero almost. And maybe you could argue that's maybe not suitable for an Exorcist movie. It's a bit too <laughs> optimistic at the end, but sure, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know. It, it fit better to the story they were telling before than. I think what happens in in the beginning, which is just like misery. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess we have to talk about the kids, which who have very different mm-hmm. roles in each of the movies. So, uh, same with the young priest actually, because he also ties into this. So, mm-hmm. in both movies, there's a younger priest that goes with with Marin, uh back to the dig site. In beginning, it's kind of like he's being given a buddy because he's not really with the church and he's there so they send a priest with him to sort of represent the church and you need a buddy in dominion it's more like they don't trust them so they're sending a young Mm. priest uh but in both there's a character in the locals who uh wants to be christian and he's got two sons uh and the father may be the same actor in both but the kids i'm pretty sure were different uh actors in each Mm. uh but the kids in in the beginning, one of them gets torn apart with hyenas and a, a laughably bad scene because of the CG. <laughs> and then the younger of the two brothers, you think might be possessed. The and possessed. the, the yeah. film kind of leads you down that path until it reveals the nurse is the one that's actually possessed. And so he's kind of like just this constant like little kid who's maybe in danger. And he's got sort of there with it when the exorcism's happening later on. He's 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 kind of in threat. He's so he's like the one person that Skarsgård actually manages to save by the end of the movie because everyone else dies. In Dominion, we interest this father and two kids, and it also interests the idea that this younger priest is going to start a, a a Christian or a Catholic school in this small town, and he's only really got these two kids and maybe like one other kid, and he's like small class to teach because that's the only kids that have parents who want to turn them Christian. So he's he's teaching these 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 little kids and in Dominion these kids are actually murdered by the locals because they think it's the Christians' fault that this evil's starting to spread from this church that's been mm-hmm. dug up. So they actually come in and kill the children and try to kill uh uh <coughs> the younger priest, uh Father Francis, I think his name is. Uh mm-hmm. they try and kill him later on as well. Uh so like very very drastic different roles in each of these movies like they're both like this idea of a father and his two sons are in both movies but how they're used and what they do with them in each is completely different uh and one it's like it's more of a traditional thing where one's kind of used as this like oh you're tugging on your heartstrings because the kid's in danger he has to save the kid um whereas in dominion it's much darker uh it's this this thing where this is how much the locals fear this evil is that they think that this will help dispel it is by trying to get rid of the christianity that's in the area because they see that as the the force that's bringing this evil out um to the point where they're they're willing to kill him uh they're willing to kill the two, to kill the two kids they want to kill there's one there's one other local they kill uh in dominion and i forget exactly off the top of my head when or why <laughs> but they definitely killed mm-hmm. one other person um and they, they they try to kill the younger priest because they're, they're trying to stop this digging from happening. They think this is spreading the evil. Other than that, I don't know if... I, I don't know if there's any prominent plot details that I even want to mention. Yeah, I mean... the Like you were saying before, like, on the surface, like, they're... 
it's like there's not really much to the plots like they're both basically like yeah father Marin lost his faith he goes to this uh place to you know look for these relics uh at this dig site or whatever and you know at some point someone becomes possessed and then that leads to uh you know confrontation with his demon in a cave which he has to exercise yeah it's the one big a... difference with the ending other than who's possessed and you know obviously mm -hmm. the nurse who's possessed in the in the beginnings try to straddle him is is making lots of like sexual comments to him whereas mm -hmm. that's not happening in dominion but in dominion right. <laughs> the big thing that happens is that the demon like makes him relive that awful memory of when he was forced mm -hmm. to like kill uh, or forced to choose who the nazis were going to kill because this SS, ss officer makes him choose um in dominion mm -hmm. he relives that memory the, the demon makes him relive it except in the this new version it's like he gives him like the demons try to like tempt him by giving him what he wants which is like to change that memory and like actually stand up to the nazi um which just leads to him and all the people getting killed because that in the original version uh of the dream or not, not the dream sorry in the original version of the memory that we see at the start of dominion we see that the reason all this happens is because or why he, why he gives in and chooses 10 people is because the nazis say well we're just going to kill everyone then so he then has to choose and obviously he chooses the older people he chooses some older men so that the, the, the women and children won't be killed like you, you understand his selection but it's this awful thing he has to do um he saves the podcasters though so <laughs> oh yes the podcasters in in the 1930s or 40s whenever, yeah whenever a sacrifice has to be made always spare the podcasters they're the <laughs> the real truth tellers <laughs> of course of course keep us alive we're important to the world i agree uh but you know so that, that's kind of how the demon tries to tempt him and you know and that, that kind of ties into the original exorcist and like you know the demon tries to tempt um the priest with you know your mother and like try to give him some, i mean obviously it torments him more than anything else but there is this temptation element to it occasionally so mm -hmm. I, like i, I kind of got what it was doing there with that uh so uh it seems like it'd be like perfect for a a game show like you know can you resist temptation like you just like have like a demon just keep offering you things and you know it's up to you to be like oh that sounds really good but uh, I, don't, I don't know i probably shouldn't i can't believe you just pitched an exorcist game show <laughs> where someone pretending to be a demon offers you things and you have to resist because if you resist you may get a better reward at the end yeah <laughs> eternal salvation well stuff actually one thing i wanted to mention in dominion mm -hmm is that at one point uh to trap out anyone from coming into the church there's a really dodgy like cg earthquake where two cg rocks <laughs> fall in front of the door and it, it looks really bad uh and it's, it's just to keep like father Merrin out for a little while until he's mm. supposed to go in and confront the demon uh mm. so there's a little bit of that so the start of the beginning uh we get this like flashback to like 1500 years ago where there's just this army who are dead and it's this awful cg shot that pulls back and shows you all this dead army and there's like one guy left out of this big fight and we find out later in the movie and this is something they added in the beginning is that basically like four religious men or something went looking for where satan fell on earth to fight satan and this <laughs> this battle happened here and it made everyone go mad and kill each other so the guy who survived, the one guy who was left, 
commissioned the building of this church and then immediately wanted it buried. The idea being that the holy ground over the top of this like place where human sacrifices were committed, which is what the cave uh, cave underneath the church is, is that the church is there to like you know kind of like putting holy water on something. It's there to sort of try and like you know dampen the evil with with the power of God or whatever. And then they want they buried it to hide it so that no one would ever come here and no one would ever <laughs> do anything. Uh, so, so of course, the church are determined to dig it up and find some artifacts uh, <laughs> 1,500 years later. Uh, but that's the backstory that's presented in the beginning. Uh, in Dominion, that never comes up. There's a couple of... <laughs> there is a line of dialogue where he says, uh, oh, this is like 1,500 years old, but it, it looks pristine, almost like it was buried right after it was built. But, uh, like, there's no backstory where, like... I, I, I think they look at some paintings at one point and maybe they mention something about a battle, but like all of this mm. specific stuff and like actually seeing some of it, none of that's in Dominion. Which is uh, why Dominion is uh, worse off. <laughs> oh, is beginning. it? Is, is Dominion worse <laughs> off? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, uh, everything would have clicked <laughs> if they just included that little tidbit of information. Now, obviously, in Dominion, the the locals do like attack people and try be who they think are related to the evil spirit and are trying to kill them. But one of the things that I, the, one of the reasons why I say beginning is a bit more problematic. Uh, there's a scene that stuck out in my head where they show up and try and like kind of do their own exorcism for the kid when they think the kid's possessed, mm-hmm. and they're all in this pain and they're all chanting and uh, yeah. like you know, it's just that that's like one of those scenes that really stuck out to me. Is feeling like a little I don't know. This is a bit. Like oh we're writing you know these locals as as you know this tribe as being this way it felt very it, like this was written by a white guy you know it kind of had that feeling oh absolutely to it. they yeah they they always feel very much like the other like yeah you know the like all the white guys there they are always like portrayed as being kind of normal where it's like yeah like all like the African villagers always seem like you know they're very like mystical and magical and uh, and then you have like the whole you know, kind of like white savior thing where it's like, all right, like, you know, all this crazy stuff is happening, but the only person that can really stop it is like this old white priest, you know? It's like... What's crazy about it is you would think that the, the the movie in some way could do the thing where, okay, like they seem superstitious and the other characters dismiss them. Mm-hmm. But in theory, because of, because of what the movie is, it should prove them somewhat right by the end because they are right. Oh, sure, yeah. There is an evil spirit. It is coming from that church and it is doing all these bad mm-hmm. things. But you never really get a sense that the other characters are like sort of like, that's never proven to the characters who are doubting them. Like all, all of the Merrin, yeah. I guess, but everyone else, no one ever like learns that lesson. No one ever. It never feels like the movie actually goes out of its way to saying, "Hey, they were right. We should have been respectful of what they were saying because they were actually right on the money." But it never kind of feels like it makes that point. So it, it just kind of feels like they're they're used to be the superstitious, like uh, you know, you know, they're they're basically a whole tribe of crazy Ralphs. To, to try and like you know it's got a death curse like yeah. you know uh but in a much more vaguely racist manner it's not even vague I'm, I'm, I'm being too kind to it by saying that yeah uh so yeah uh, 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 uh. It, just, it just doesn't really leave like a great taste in your mouth uh, after no. watching it no uh, and it's not like I'm on the hook for the the main story or the or the romance uh with with Marin. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Honestly, you know, if I, if I, if I'm being completely honest here, like, you know, when I was watching Dominion, mm. as much as, obviously it was a bit better in some respects, like, 
I was so like bored in the second half of it. Like, I was just kind of waiting for it to end. But, yeah, my mind was wandering. It was really hard to focus on it. Um, it. it it, it was tough watching these two close together, although it, you know, <laughs> the comparison you can make by watching them close together was a little bit more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's still four hours of my life that I'm not getting back, and <laughs> I never want to watch either of these again. So, you know. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this is it for me. Like, I, I can't imagine really <laughs> wanting to pop them up uh, again anytime soon. Nah. Um, and it's not even like... I'm trying to think of like something of value it was trying to add, but like j- during the beginning, especially when there's a, there's a scene where Merrin gets angry and he confronts the younger priest because the younger priest uh, Francis and Dominion's a lot more em- he's a lot more likable. He's kind of there in a friendly way and he's kind of like helping Father Merrin and whatnot. Whereas the priest who seems like he's sent in a friendly way in the beginning turns out to be like withholding information and he knows like some truth about this place. And Merrin gets mad and, like, puts him up against the wall. And he's like, hey, tell me what's really going on here. You know stuff about this place. <laughs> and he, he tells him the backstory about the army and, like, what this place is and it was buried and blah, blah, blah. Um, when, when this scene was happening, I was just sort of thinking to myself, I'm like, you're just kind of, like, taking away a lot of the mystique of the demon and the exorcist. And obviously the sequel's oh, kind of... You know, the sequel did that as well with, you know, giving it the name Pazuzu and talking <laughs> about it a bit more in depth and saying, oh, it was here yeah. before... Because when you watch the first Exorcist, it just kind of feels like, oh, they've unearthed this this artifact, this statue that's maybe released this this demon mm-hmm. from wherever it was held, um, and as a result, it you know it, it possesses this girl, and we just get everything through the context of that that story, that possession in the movie. Whereas here, it's like sort of nailing down all this stuff where it was defeated before, and it feels like it was defeated mm-hmm. far easier than it was in the Exorcist. So it feels a little disingenuous in that front. But it also makes the start of the Exorcist feel a bit weird, where, like, so the start of the Exorcist, Merrin like goes to a dig site and sees that they've unearthed like Pazuzu, the the statue and stuff, and I'm like, did but so did he come back and help dig this place up when he knew he defeated <laughs> evil that was presumably then contained here? Very good question. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, yeah. t- to me. I'd have to. I mean, I'm actually, I'd have to go back and rewatch the start of the exercise to see what they actually say. Mm. And maybe they'd already dug it up, and he just went to check on it afterwards or something. I can't remember. But like, my memory was that he was like digging stuff up at the start of that movie. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm kind of baffled by how this kind of like leads into that, uh, <laughs> and. Furthermore, I mean, uh, th- this just adds to the the ongoing narrative that I have, which is ninety nine percent of prequels are trash and feel completely <laughs> needless. Yeah, uh, I can't really argue with that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, like trying to find the connections between this and like the first movie, you know, they're very tenuous. Uh, like it, it doesn't really feel like they, you know, sat down and thought of a very clever narrative to work around this franchise. It just seems like. Yeah, someone had a vague memory of like what happens in the beginning, and like, oh yeah, Father Mary, we can probably send him uh, somewhere in like Africa and like make him kind of archaeologist like. Like that's uh, that's about right, right? Like, uh, and then I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I guess that's naturally where you would go with a prequel, but again, like, who's like really excited for that? Like, who watches The Exorcist? Like, oh, this is great, but. I really want to know what like Father Marin was doing like uh, you know thirty forty years ago and uh, you know in Africa. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, like, like you know, doing the Magneto thing where you're giving him some backstory, like in World War Two mm. or whatever. Like, it's it's not necessarily a bad idea, but it's like, it's not like when I was watching the Exorcist, I'm like, oh, we need more backstory for this guy. Like, we we need to right. explore what makes him tick and what made him the man he is today. Like, I, I never you know felt that, so it just it feels very tacked on, and you know, Exorcist Two also feels very tacked on. I mean, Three doesn't feel needed by any means, but it does feel like at least there was an idea. Like, yeah, you know, I was okay. Yeah. How could we do more with this? And it's the idea that the demon, you know, is possessing people and murdering them, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Or even a, or even a demon is more of a serial killer. That's the demon's helping out, I suppose. But you know, like there, there's at least a concept there, which is why I think inherently, well, sequels can be very bad, and Exorcist Two proves that sequels can be very, very <laughs> bad. There is a chance that you can sort of take something in a new direction with a sequel. Whereas with a prequel, you're locked into this idea that you're building up to what the first movie was. So. Yeah. If you do deviate too much, it just feels like it doesn't fit, and that's unsatisfying. If you are lock hard into just fitting into what the first movie is going to be, it feels just like you're going through the motions and nothing. Like, like, well, what's the what's the point of doing this? You're, we're not like really evoking anything here. So, I think I think prequels usually are just a lose lose for me. Uh, and then the other thing about prequels that I don't hate, which. I don't know if this is that guilty of that, but it's the over like referencing of things that are going to be in the first, like you know, the, the wink wink. Here's some foreshadowing of this this line or this moment or this object or that's why he's called Han Solo. You know that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So you know. So if you're not better call Saul, uh, I don't know uh, what prequels are worth having. But uh, I mean, luckily with these ones, I feel like there's not like a ton of those like winky nods, like other no. than. Oh, you I know, agree. some of the like you know uh again some of the possessed people maybe looking or sounding like linda blair but i mean uh to be fair though it's like how would you even do that with like you know the exorcist like it's not like there's a ton of like you know uh i mean there's like iconic lines and stuff but it would just <laughs> be like very weird and out of place to like you know reference those early on or something oh it, it would be well yeah it would be put in some lines of dialogue that pop up later it would maybe be like oh we'd hear about like uh like reagan's grandmother or something we'd, we'd, be, we'd, like, we'd, we'd meet her and it's like oh your last name's mcneil oh it's, yeah. <laughs> it's reagan's grandmother so we've like, got a connection it's like yeah like luckily it's so far in the past that they couldn't do this but you can totally see like a prequel where like it ends with him getting a call from like you know oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the younger priest and being like you know we have this case I think you'd be interested in I'm like you know it's like oh, I'm on it and then it just ends there so uh, yeah uh, we've got a case we think you'd be interested in Shubla Bell starts to play yeah <laughs> <laughs> if anything I'm shocked because uh, the Dominion ends with like Father Marin like saying goodbye to the nurse and walking away mm. and like the the dust cloud which by the way the beginning had like a big CGI like uh, <laughs> uh, sandstorm which really was mm. terrible but yeah he walks away into sort of like the, the sand that's sort of like rising up and he kind of like walks into the mist almost I was mm. shocked that Shubla Bells didn't start playing as he was walking off to go be Super priest. Yeah, like that's like one of the most iconic and easiest things that you can reference. That it's kind of shocking <laughs> that you have something. Which like I, that. I I kind of respect the restraint, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were maybe they were told they couldn't because it is technically copyright music. So maybe it was like, no, we're not yeah. paying for that again. <laughs> Especially in, in Dominion. We, 
we already made two movies like we can't yeah we're not, we we're can't not, afford anything else we're not paying for any more of this so yeah yeah uh Kind of interesting because it's effectively two movies of the based on the same material, with the different scripts, different directors, and just so watching how different they are and like analyzing the small things that are different versus the big things. Just because we have different writers and directors, is kind of fascinating from a movie making perspective. Mm-hmm. It's it's very unique, and the only the closest thing I can think of to compare it to is like uh the original dracula movie i don't know if you've ever watched the spanish version that's not yet but i've heard yeah. about it yeah i've yeah. not watched it but basically the way that worked is that when they were making dracula for the 1931 movie uh the the american movie would shoot during the day and then because they wanted a spanish version they had a different director a different cast a different crew come in and use the same sets at night mm-hmm. so they sort of like the, the american movie would shoot throughout the day and then the spanish version would shoot like the night shift of the same scenes mm. so we do all the same scenes again but and i've not watched it but apparently it is slightly better directed and there's like more interesting mm. camera moves but you lose bella lugosi so the actor playing dracula yeah. is much worse so like <laughs> but that's the that's the only thing i can think of where like two versions of the same movie were made by different people um and it's, it's not like a remake that was made you know later because that feels different it was different culture different time you know different yeah. you know styles have changed and it's you know this is like no two different people at effectively the same time right obviously they were separated mm-hmm. by a year or, or maybe like half a year or whatever but in the same era two people making the same movie and just how different they are is very interesting um uh-huh. but neither one's that good like even dominion's only just mediocre at best yeah so <sighs> I'm, I'm trying to think if i can think of any other examples i mean obviously like justice league is you know the the big one from recent memory but, but even that's still just a different cut though like a lot of the footage is still mm. the same you know it's still a lot of that's the, fair, yeah. the same okay, scenes are still okay, used yeah. that's true yeah whereas this is not all the scenes were shot again it's interesting to talk about uh and to think about but not to watch just not really yeah, <laughs> not to watch <laughs> that's the big problem yeah uh so I don't know. I, mean, I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm good. I think I'm done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the upside, we could com- spend most of our time comparing them. I, I didn't have to like pretend yeah. to like be interested in the beginning. <laughs> Which yeah, is... it would have been. Uh, it wouldn't have been super fun to like do like a beat by beat breakdown of the plot or something. No, it's it's, it's a pretty dull movie to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, well, I, I mean, on you go. Uh, I mean, well, you know, until uh, potentially later this year, <laughs> yeah, that's us for Exorcist. True, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unless maybe I can, uh, <laughs> maybe I can uh, coerce you into <laughs> doing Repossessed, but you <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could try if if you want. Um, I can I consider that a quasi sequel. Linda Blair is <laughs> in it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Also, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never seen it. I mean, I, I like Naked Gun as much as the next person, though, so I'm not necessarily against it. I remember liking it as a kid, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah. So, there's a meant to be a new Exorcist, which I guess is Exorcist 5, uh, mm. because while technically these are two movies, they're kind of both Exorcist 4. You know, they're, they're, they're both that. It, because they're the same bare bones and then everything else on top is different they still kind of feel like two versions of the same movie even though 
they are directed by different people, even though there are all these differences. And we felt the need to watch both for this review. Whereas mm-hmm. if it was, you know, if there was like an extended cut of the same movie where like one version's five minutes longer, we <laughs> normally wouldn't watch both versions. We just, yeah, we'll watch one and we'll talk about it. Sometimes we'll, yeah. one of us will watch one and one of us will watch the other. We don't usually decide that. We don't coordinate that. It just happens because mm-hmm. that's the version we either one of us has access to. But this is a very yeah. specific case where it was like, no, we need to watch both of these because they are very different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll rate the movies and I guess we'll do each of them individually because uh, they are a little different in quality. Uh, mm-hmm. So, go on, Tim. Rate Beginning and Dominion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'll keep it pretty simple. I think Beginning 3, uh, Dominion 3.5. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that sounds like a little bit harsh. Uh, there's, like, I guess there's some like, okay stuff. Like, uh, you know, I, I think Skarsgård does a you know decent job. Um, I I do you know like both uh both directors generally. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, they're very different from each other. Uh, but I mean, I, I like Rennie Harlan. I I do think you know makes usually fun uh movies. I I guess you kind of expect. I don't think he's schlockier stuff yeah, from him, but... I, I don't think he's right for an Exorcist movie is the thing. No. You know, yeah. he's he he is more of a sort of popcorn Hollywood. You know, he Die Hard 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Deep yeah. Blue Sea. You know, he makes you know, sometimes a fun, you know, popcorn movie. That you know, it's very different to yeah. like what you want from an Exorcist. Yeah, but I mean really it's just uh yeah, it's just unfortunate cuz I I think they're just both very dull. They both suffer from the time period. <clears throat> you know, um just you know bad CGI, uh bad tropes. Uh, I guess I'm mostly talking about the beginning, but you know Dominion's not that much better. Um and it it I might be a little harsher on Dominion just because like watching them so close back to back like um you know, just the idea of like having to watch two movies that you're not really super excited for, back to back, versus maybe if I watch Dominion uh, on its own, like after I had the taste of the beginning out of my mouth, maybe I, I wouldn't be as harsh. But yeah, still there you go. Yeah, Dominion's slightly better, but not like by a mile. Unfortunately, it's still dull, and um, it's a shame because from what you were saying, like with like the studio and stuff, it sounds like. You know, maybe that a lot of that isn't wasn't you know uh, Trader's fault. Like, you know, maybe if he had you know the time and the money and and stuff from the um, like studio from the get go, maybe you know it could have looked a little nicer. Had you know stuff like you know you talk about like music and stuff like you know stuff that could have made it stand out more. But as is, uh, yeah, there it goes for me. <laughs> three for beginning, three point five for uh, Dominion. I agree with the three on beginning. Uh, I think I think Dominion is maybe a bit more than a three point five. It feel it feels like it, it feels a bit more restrained. It feels a bit more competently kind of thought out in terms of its direction at the very least. So I think I'm willing to go up to maybe a four point five on that. Mm-hmm. I think the the story's still kind of dull and it kind of loses me as it goes on. But I, I think that's more towards the middling territory, maybe just slightly under it. Whereas. Uh, the beginning is just uh, is a is a trash movie. Like, <laughs> I was even thinking maybe even dipping under a three to be honest, but I'll I'll go three. I'll I'll, I'll be generous, <laughs> give it a three out of ten. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so 
Yeah, I can't recommend either version. I, I you know, I, I put off them because I didn't think I would like them for all these years. And lo and behold, I did not. I, mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of a painful experience. And um, I'm not saying we'll never do two movies in one episode again, but this was not a pleasant four hours <laughs> of viewing. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess that I guess that about does it. Um, that's uh, <laughs> that's the Exorcist four and four point five. So, uh, we'll see how the new one from Bloomhouse shapes up. Uh, I I don't know what to expect from it. Uh, but it's apparently coming out in October. Uh, so <laughs> if it does come out, we'll we'll hit, we'll do it when it comes out. You know, Tim should be back by then. Uh, mm. from paternity leave. Uh, so we should be able to dive in mm-hmm. if, it, if and when it hits. Yeah, I'm not super looking forward to it, but I guess like any, you know, big franchise uh, coming back, I, you know, I, I must say I'm slightly intrigued. Morbid so. curiosity. Yeah. Which, I mean, and obviously it's, it's from David Gordon Green who did the new Halloween movies and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, he's, he's done with these new Halloween trilogy, so now he's going to start doing Exorcist movies. Uh, I don't. Maybe you'll fit better with that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting because you know we generally didn't really like what he did with the Halloween movies, except for some of the stuff in Halloween Ends. But uh, like, but you know, Halloween is such a different type of horror movie than The Exorcist that it's like, okay, well maybe his style would work more. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Um, but anywho, anywho, that's uh. That's our thoughts on the Exorcist prequels, uh, with a new one coming this year. Uh, so actually, just a little and behind the curtain here, this is the last episode we're recording before Tim goes on his break. Um, there is a chance we might make a couple of special recordings uh, on your sabbatical for some big releases, but it's only a maybe, so we won't say which ones, just in case it doesn't happen. Uh, anything obviously big that comes out that we don't get to while Tim's away obviously we'll catch up you know that, that'll that basically be mm-hmm. like you know October probably this year we'll just gotta... be catching up on all the movies we missed or or my sub uh, Connor will come in and... to pinch it <laughs> for it no he's not screams after the night material <laughs> I mean that's not happening <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think he's seen all the relevant movies for some of these big sequels coming out. Well, listen, I, I don't want anyone that's going to come in that's going to make me look bad. I got to get someone that's like, yeah. Oh, I see your plan. <laughs> I see your plan. Yes, yes. Carl, come in, and everyone's going to be begging for you to come back. Like, oh, get Tim back. This car is terrible. <laughs> no. Uh, so. Yes. Uh, so I'm telling you this because if there's a little gap in episodes after this one, which there could mm. be a little one, uh, we, we, we've done our best at bank as many episodes as we can for, for Tim being away. I suspect mm. there might be a month or two without episodes before Tim's back recording again. But, mm. uh, you know, it shouldn't be too long. Certainly, uh, if not before mm. then, I think October is probably a good estimate for, for mm. Tim's return. So, uh, the The siren call of Halloween will always draw me back <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon uh hopefully you've been enjoying the episodes mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so yeah uh what do, I, what do i usually say at the end of these oh yeah if you want to support the content head over, <laughs> head over to shop head over to patreon.com slash tv 
and you can support us uh for any amount per month but you obviously get the back catalog of bonus episodes and even more streams those will be coming back when tim does as well of course uh so uh, go and go and check out all that stuff and uh you can support us on youtube by liking subscribing dinging the bell for notifications all those things are free so please do them and maybe share us with your horror loving friends uh so yeah get us at screams midnight for twitter but i guess that's about it so thank you very much for joining us we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies and we will see you <laughs> next time <laughs>